cut you the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Jackson. I'm Tom Hamish. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up four. After being down last night, up 13 on the NASDAQ. We'll see if we can hold today. We didn't hold again yesterday. Come in in the morning, we're up and then down, just like when we were going up all the time. We came in and we'd be down, and the other day we'd be up. So, kind of a mirror image of that. We have Mr. Kevin, speaking of mirror images. We do indeed. Speaking of mirror images, yeah, well, or I'd go, to, go on to say, um, yeah, mirror images like up is down and down is up. Yeah, it's, uh, we don't know ain't which that, is which. Ain't that life. Good news, bad news, bad news, good news. I mean, you never know. You don't know what's going on in the world these days. Just, uh. Crazy stuff. Uh, let's ban gas cars. Oh, by the way, we don't have any power to charge other cars a week later. Just, I mean, you know, just, you, couldn't, you couldn't write fiction like this. All you do is watch the world now. It's like reading, it's like reading a, uh, a novel. Although novels usually have some facts in them, type of thing. Just saying. I, uh, well, it, you know, it's, it's one thing to plan it, but again, so much of, of any kind of leadership is how well you communicate a vision of it. So if, if your idea is that you're going to get 10 years out, you know, however many years out, and uh, first of all, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how you just ban a certain kind of vehicle, you know, and that's, you know, or ban sales of it. It's, uh, it, it seems to me that uh, that would be a little bit beyond government authority, and that's something that would be better left to the market. But, uh, but aside from that, let's, let, let's set that aside. And, and say that's where you're trying to go. Don't you think you owe it to the populace to lay out for them the plan to have the infrastructure to uh, support it? You know, would you, I don't think there is a plan. Now, I, I know we passed that infrastructure bill, and part of that is to build out, you know, along the interstate highways is to build out, you know, fast charging stations and things like that. But even that's got huge problems because there's parts of the, you know, the, the requirement is every X number of miles, I don't remember the number of miles, but every certain number of miles are supposed to build this, and that's now mandated by law. And yet there are places that are remote, and you, you go farther than that without having any power nearby, period. You know, the nearest town is, you know, miles and miles away. And so, you know, it's, it, it's like we pass these things and say, oh, that's a really, really cool idea. And nobody ever stops and says, "How are we going to get there?" Well, not only that, and and if there is a, if there is an idea of how we're going to get there, they don't share it. <laughs> Let's take, for instance, the uh, the world's loneliest road. What is that route fifty or forty going through Nevada? I think the you got to got to get gas because the next station's like two hundred and some miles. But now, uh, if you decide you want one in a hundred half that distance, how, how's there even going to be any power there? That's that's the point. That's the problem. And so now we're mandated by law to pull power out there. Well, as I was, uh, which it isn't, you know, it's just stupid. Well, Jan's wife, uh, when she was a, a rookie judge, and now she's uh, she's already retired, but um, she had well, what do you say in a 
Illinois. She, she had a bunch of tickets for this for this political function, shall we say? So of course I get dragged with, right? Because uh, you know they want you, they want actually some people there too. So I get dragged with, and it was uh, what was Stroger's kid's name? Uh, he actually was he was John on the, Stroger. Uh, John Stro was it was it John Junior? I don't know. Um, anyway, he uh, so he gets up there and he starts ranting and raving about they're gonna they're gonna clean up uh, county government because his dad had just. Well, they put him in. They put first. They put the lady in charge, and then he ran. Right, the lady ended up. She was a board member, and she ended up being the the chairman for like four or five months while he was sick and when Tony anybody how sick he was or whatever. And she ended up with a pension, like five times her, her the highest money she'd ever made as a board member or some crazy stuff like that. But anyway, the, the kid is running. It was John Stroger Jr. and he starts mouthing off about uh, zero base budgeting. I'm sitting there going, wait, wait a minute. When I got out of grad school, I don't know, was that Jimmy Carter's thing? Zero based budget? Yeah, it was uh, Carter tried to do that. Yeah. And uh, so, in in two places in my my uh, my work life, uh, they tried to put in the zero based budgeting because it was the rage, right? At least talked about. So in both cases, I was the knucklehead. Here, this guy just got out of grad school. He must know something about zero based budgeting. So they dumped it on me. I. It was a, 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 a total failure in both spots. Well, here it is, like, 20 years later. It, it Stroger's talking about... That guy knew nothing about zero-based budgeting. <laughs> Less than the man in the moon. Didn't matter. It sounded good. It, it, these guys don't care. If it sounds good, you lob it out there. And, and maybe maybe you'll do it. Maybe you won't. Maybe everybody forget. Hopefully everybody forget. And three years later, you got another message. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's so... The only problem is most of the time, you know, the, the, the market, the city, the, the government... Or the state is kind of on autopilot, and as long as you don't mess with it too much, the economy's pretty much okay. But now it absolutely is not okay, and and, and you, you this is one time you don't. It's why you needed a Lincoln in the Civil War. It's why you needed a Washington Revolution. There are times when you need people that are a little a little better than the regular schmucks we get, and now is one of those times. And I don't I don't see a a Lincoln in the in, in the hallway waiting to get in. Do you? I mean, I just I just don't. Or well, um, effect, you can learn to be an effective leader. You, you know that that is that is a behavior. You know it, it's a practice. It's something that, um, that you have to do on purpose. You have to do it all the time uh, to do it effectively. But it is something that people learn to do, and they do it. And you can do it if you have a, uh, a, a big personality that fills the room every time you walk in, and you can do it if you're if you're a reserved person. Um, you, you know, but the, the pillars of it are that, you, A, you have to have a vision of where you're going, which lots of politicians seem to have some kind of vision, although, you know, I, I do want to delineate that there is a fine line between visions and hallucinations. Um, and, uh, and some of the politicians are, fall more into the hallucination category. But the, and, and by the way, there we go, visions and hallucinations, that's the name for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but the, um, uh, but you, you can have that, but then everything that you do uh, needs to be, you know, you need to take the time to say, here's how, here are the steps for how we're getting there. And every time you make a decision, you have to say, this moves us closer to what we're trying to become. Here's how. Because if you don't, and, and I'm sure that we will have listeners everywhere nodding their heads and going, yep, if you don't do that, then management decisions seem like they are a random sequence of unrelated events. But 
Kevin, yeah. it, it's, it's, I don't, I don't think that. And sometimes they are, by the way. That's just bad management. I'm not so sure but that anybody who the disagreement we're having here is, if, if you haven't learned that by the time you, it seems to me that the that the that the, the thing these guys all have in common is narcissism, if nothing else. But uh, if if you haven't learned that either through through college, through uh, high school, through wood shop, you know, if 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 you don't clean out the dust, A, you're going to be breathing it, and, and B, you're going you're to screw up your next cut. You know, there, ne- there needs to be some, some, somewhere along the line, you have, to, you have to learn to think kind of forward, because everything you do has more than one reaction, right? What is it? No, no man can do just one thing? I mean, and I, don't, I think most people don't necessarily care other than the response they get for their way. Um, they really don't care about the ripple, ripple effect somewhere else. And the way you you you, uh, you deal with that is you don't even think about the ripple effect. You don't you don't you don't worry about it. I mean, how, how many people right now uh, in the in the Fed or in the government that were, were gleefully taking checks from the government on the PPP whatever the thing was and, the, and the, were gleefully taking the checks realized that two and a half years later they're they're burying parts of the of the, of the population. They didn't care, Kevin. You know, they, 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 anybody who said this is going to be a repercussion, they berated, took them off TV, and, and, and uh, you know, read, stop giving people money supply numbers and stuff. They, they, I don't know if they knew. I don't, I don't know if they knew, Kevin. I just think they didn't care. Where's my check? You know, I mean, there, there's something. Yeah, and, and, and I, I don't know the answer to that either. But um, well, I'm reading here. One of your, one of you, I won't say one of your guys. So, you just happens to be a Republican because there's, I'm sure. This guy, Christina Wilkie, wrote this article for CNBC. Do you know, I never heard of, heard of this guy, North Carolina Senator Richard Burr. I've heard the name before. I don't know anything about him. Well, now, if, if the guy, you know, talk about prosecutorial, uh, uh, whatever it is, largesse. Uh, this guy, after two years of lawsuits, a court finally unsealed key evidence from the FBI's 2020 investigation of North Carolina Senator Richard Burr for allegedly trading stocks based on non-public information. Now, you know damn well, Kevin, if this was you or me, they'd have been, they'd have been up our behind like, like whatever. Uh, public records at the time show that Burr abruptly liquidated more than half of him and his wife's equity holdings in February 2020, right before the corona thing, when most of the world had yet to focus on the looming coronavirus crisis. Burr was ultimately not charged with breaking any laws, but the newly released records show FBI agents believe Burr had committed insider trading and securities fraud. So I'm not exactly sure in February 2020 who was the uh, was that was that uh, the Trump Justice Department? It must have been, right? Uh, mm, not in February. February 2020? Sure, the election was in November. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, 2020. I was thinking 2020. Yeah. yeah. The most compelling new evidence is the flurry of calls and texts between Burr, his wife Brooke Burr, her brother, Gerald F-A-U-T-H, Fouth, and Fouth's wife, that took place on the same day that both the Fouths and the Burrs sold off hundreds of thousands of dollars of stock right before the market plunged. Now, they, I don't know how they managed to get this stuff. How, how, did this, how do you not, is, is, is there honor among thieves or what is it? Uh, Burr was ultimately not charged with breaking any laws, but the newly released sworn affidavit, an FBI special agent, shows that the Justice Department had probable cause to believe that Byrd committed insider trading and securities fraud. As cha- the guy's chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, for God's sakes, Kevin. As chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Byrd, February 2020, 
abruptly liquidated more than half in his and his wife's equity holdings at a time when U.S. markets and most Americans did not yet know how bad the coronavirus pandemic was going to be. He had given his position, he had information about the virus's spread and about America's meager preparation for massive pandemic, blah, 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 not available to the public. Now, his claim is the, uh, uh, so they ended up searching and got his phone that uh, some judge finally granted. It lays out a startling timeline of calls and texts between Burr, his wife Brooke Burr, her brother Gerald Futh, and Futh's wife that took place on the same days that both the Fuths and the Burrs sold off hundreds of thousands of dollars of stock right before the market plunge. And, and of course, he, he claims that all he was doing was watching CNBC, right? That it, he didn't get any information as, as uh, Senate Intelligence Committee chairman that he didn't get on TV. Uh, so get a little, here, this is even more bizarre. On January 31st, Burr received non-public information from a source whose name is redacted in the FBI documents. You think that's Fauci or somebody like that? Must be. Well, who, yeah. Who do you want to protect? The same day. The, name. the same day, Burr put in orders to sell nearly 110,000 stack from him and his wife's broke. I, I thought this stuff all had to be in a blind trust. I mean, it was that 30 years ago or what? On February 12, Burr ordered the purchase of approximately 1.2 million of Treasury securities using 76% of his total holdings in his accounts, uh, blah, blah, blah. But the, in, the industrial average closed at a record high that day. <laughs> the, uh, but uh, the other was um, he, uh, he claims that the, there was no connection between him and this guy Gerald Futh selling his stuff. But now, of course, records show the series of sell orders are placed in an account belonging to Futh's wife, blah, 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 just before noon on the 13th. Uh, that he did not coordinate his decision and trade on February 13th with Mr. Futh. Burr's wife called her brother shortly after 11 a.m. on the 13th, and they spoke for two minutes. 20 minutes after that, uh, Burr used his telephone to call Futh, and just two minutes after Futh's conversation with his brother-in-law, Futh called his investment manager, and they talked for just shy a half hour. In a later interview, the, invest the advisor appears to have told the FBI that Futh sounded hurried, and he mentioned knowing a senator in Washington. Gotta hate to get that phone call, where some idiot told me that he knows yeah, a senator. So, so who should we be more pissed at? Should we be more pissed at the senator or, or the people in the, the Justice Department who just let it slide? Uh, prosecutorial, and, uh, what do you call it? Discretion. Discretion. I mean, to me, uh, you know, th this idea of—it's—I it, don't even know if it's—you uh, know—I might call it random, but I might. I might just as well call it, uh, um, you know, uh, picking. Pick, you know, we talk about picking winners and losers. Picking winners and losers in the justice system. Uh, the uh, the idea that not that there is not an equal ap application of uh, of the of justice of the law, um, it just drives me nuts. And it drives me nuts when it's done, you know, as as a partisan political issue. But it drives me nuts when it's done. Uh, because because someone's too powerful, you know. If you're too powerful, you're going to get the best attorneys. You're probably going to get off anyway. But but you know that that doesn't mean that we don't prosecute you. I guess it does mean we don't prosecute you because they don't want to lose ever either. Well, you should you should them. surely be censored. They don't they don't like they don't like going after people who have attorneys who will fight them tooth and nail and drag it out for years. Well, um, so I I do understand that, but still. You know why? Why should I be treated differently than a senator? Well, why, you to, if you're any kind of a normal human being, 
and when you lob that one out there, of course, you, you're looking for a fight from somebody. You're kind of a normal human being. You say, if, if it's these laws are no good for this guy, if you're, if you're sitting in the Oval Office and you read this article, you call up your, your Attorney General and you call up your SEC and you say, you know what, if you bums can't go after this guy, every other case you have on insider trading, I want you to drop it. Because nobody could have had more information than this guy. I mean, none of these. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Just drop it. If, if you if you can't be even with it, I want you to drop it. Or prove to me why why you don't. I mean, there's, they'll, they'll make an example every year of an insider. I can only imagine if if this guy's if I was this guy's broker. Can you imagine the the, the roaches that'd be crawling over over my place? You, the guy told you he had inside information. They they. I mean, uh, his investment advisor is probably like Morgan Stanley or somebody. I don't know that. Uh, so they're not going to go after them. But imagine if it was me. The guy told you that a senator gave him this information and, and you still did the trade? What's the matter with you? And you didn't, you didn't report it to your supervisor? Uh, and then, of course, my supervisor would be, would be in trouble. And then the guy above him would be in trouble. Piggy move up. Failure to supervise whatever, whatever, whatever. It, if you're the wrong place. I mean, this this really sucks. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I just you know, I know it's oh, the this is, you know if we if we really want to create, I mean, you know, they they worry so much about insurrections. If you really want to create insurrections, just keep doing this crap. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I learned a uh, um, an, an interesting thing when I was first on the trading floor, and there was there was a guy, and I, boy, I don't know if I knew his name back then. If I did, I certainly forgot it. Whatever, whatever crowd he was in, it was a big company. It was either IBM or Telephone or one of those places. And uh, when the guy, you know, I didn't even know what a boarding school was <laughs> coming from Marist, right? To me, that was about as boarding as you could get. You know, they locked, it, locked you in at 8 and let you out at 3. Um, but, you know, it, anyway, but, but it, was, it was pretty much like an army camp anyway. But I had no idea that people actually went to high school and, like, stayed there the whole time. But evidently they do uh, in a lot of places in the country. So Kenny Kelly, from a nice guy, he, he grew up on the East Coast, and he goes, uh, and, and somehow or another, he's telling a story about this guy in the, the telephone crowd, I think it was a telephone crowd. His, his, his uh, dad would get the call 20 minutes before the earnings every earnings day. In those days, we did, we did stuff intelligently, like you'd give the earnings now. Why we don't do this now, I have no idea. But they would actually, a lot of companies would give earnings out at like 10 o'clock in the morning when everybody was trading. And they would stop trading in the stock, ten o'clock. They give the earnings out. Maybe you have the conference call and restart at ten thirty. So you had as many most people as possible trading. You didn't have these firms that were going to steal from people, and all of a sudden the stock went down or up. So it actually happened during a normal trading day. Something that made some common sense, but now we don't do that anymore. Um, so anyway, the guy would get the number half hour beforehand, and uh, so I said, "Well, that kind of sucks." <laughs> and Kenny goes. You don't get it. You're, you're, you're just a, a Southside Catholic boy. You don't get it. He says, that's why people go to these sucky boarding schools and live there and get paddled once a week. <laughs> you, you go through that because you become in a group that nobody else is in, and once you're in the group, this is, this is not immoral. That's why you went to that school. I, you know, nobody ever explained it, explained it to me exactly like that, Kevin, but maybe it's true. Well, I, I think it's, a, it's totally true. And it's the same reason that uh, one, you know, that one would want to go to uh, uh, one of the Ivy League schools. Yeah, um, is uh, you know to to build those same connections, um, and uh, and 
you get it, once you're in the club, man, you're you're set. You're you know you're you are never going to want for uh, uh, connections, for work if you need it. You, know, you get fired. You can be as corrupt as you want. Somebody in the network's going to pick you up. Well, yeah, I think it's probably. Uh, so we've had. Um Having said all that, we've had six days in a row now. We're down. Uh, even the sell-off's getting a little little long in the tooth here. Even if you think we need a, it may eventually go lower. Uh, it's uh, it's difficult trading, even even for us, Kevin, because we when you have uh, when you, the idea is when you have a uh, protected program like we do. And boy, I don't know, I don't know why more people don't want to have protection here, but somehow or another, people are going to ride this out. I don't know. I don't know why the hell they're doing that, but they are. Uh, <clears throat> and a, uh, but it's it, when you simple trades. If you buy a stack at a hundred and you buy the hundred puts, and a stack runs down to ninety-five, you might say, "Well, gee, uh, I don't really want the hundred puts here because it might bounce back." I'll buy the ninety-five puts and I'll sell the hundred puts. Now, obviously, you're not going to get five hours for that spread, so you're you're putting a little more risk on the table. But you've been protected. The stock's down five, and you might be up three and a half on the puts, maybe. So you've 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 uh, blunted the the hurt to too much, a little bit. But now, if it goes from ninety-five to ninety, the the, the object of your your adjustment is that the stock might bounce back to hundred. All of a sudden, the stock's even, and now you made two bucks on the put spread. Well, if it just continues to go down every single day. All you, what you do, you continue to mitigate the fall by making three, three and a half for every five that the stock goes down, but you're not even. And so when you have these relentless days like this, you know, it's when it's six days in a row, one direction, even though you're, you're helping people to a huge extent because you're not losing near as much as anybody else, you're still losing, which anytime you lose, it kind of sucks, right? Uh, and, uh, but so six days in a row, even if you're protected, is that, is not really all that good for you. I mean, you, you wouldn't mind. In other words, we wouldn't mind a bounce here, so we can reposition everything and uh, get everybody back back whole and maybe make some money on the way up. Um, but I mean, it's it's unusual to be to be that days this this heavy to the downside. Now you can certainly understand by looking at it. I mean, if you look at money supply numbers last <coughs> three years, we pumped up the money supply forty percent. We pumped up the market thirty-five to forty percent. So if these guys are serious. And I don't think they are. I, I think they're they're trying to attack inflation. They're not trying to attack the price level. And you know what, Kevin? The, because of what they've done, those are two those are two totally different statements. The price level is is going to be up thirty five percent when all's said and done, and all the all, all this stuff comes through the CPI that they're holding back on. Now the question and, and, and inflation, to my to my view right now, is over. When I say inflation. The push from the Fed to put more money in the system is over. We're flat, so we're not, we're not going to have. Yeah, I don't think it's over though because we've just you know we've just passed a lot of spending bills uh, in 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 the last what six weeks. Well, that, and uh, therefore therefore we're fueling a little. We're just fueling a little more inflation. Well, that that now that brings up yet another question, Kevin. Is going forward? Uh, let's let's pick the one bill. Say say the trillion dollar bill. Now, right now, the last three, four months, maybe even five months, the Fed has been pretty neutral on money supply. It's been pretty neutral on the balance sheet. Now, it hasn't pulled the balance sheet down like they say they were going to, so, but say it's flat. Okay, the, 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 the push, the acceleration on the, on the inflation is down. Now, the price level 
is still sitting there. And guess what? It's not going to go down because you still got 35% more money in the, in the market than you had two and a half ago. Now, the question is, this new bill... And, and yet, and yet when, we, when we say that we have uh, stopped the rate of increase, we're going to call that a victory. Well, it is to a certain extent. Right? No, it's not. Well, I mean, no, not when you're still paying thirty-five percent more. It's I, not. I, I'm not, but I'm saying you're talking. We're talking about two different things. And uh, we, I wouldn't. I don't want them doing eight, eight and ten percent money supply growth now. Now, now the question that you just brought up, which is we'll talk about after break, is the new bill because they're not going to tax for it and they're not going to uh, borrow it. Are they going to force the Fed coming up with even more money, starting the whole the whole wheel uh, moving again? I mean, that's. That's the million-dollar question right here. SP Futures up 6, NASDAQ Futures up 23. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 6. NASA Futures up 20. Been like that <clears throat> since we started the show. It hasn't really moved very much. Dow Futures up 45. Individual stocks. Uh, most of the stuff in the Dow is green, but yesterday morning it was all green. And it, uh, <clears throat> that did not last. Uh, over in Europe, we've got DAX down 39. That's 0.3%. FTSE down 32. 0.4%. CAC around down 18.3%. Is now they're talking about the pipeline never coming back on. And uh, how... The U.S. is uh, using, uh, doing something bad to Europe because we expect Europe to follow us, but Europe can't can't follow us because they're not going to have any anyway. Putin's not happy with us today. Uh, Nikkei down 196.7%. Shanghai up two. Call that flat. Hang Seng, wow, 19,044. In danger of going under 19,000. It's down 158 points today. Uh, yesterday, as a way of review, Dow was down 173. Uh, S&P down 16, NASDAQ down 85. So not a huge down day, but after after uh, Friday, it uh, we didn't need a we didn't need a follow up down day, and we got one. We'll see what happens today. Uh, bonds down one basis point, 3.32. It's as high as it's been in a while. It has mortgage rates going up, and my people in the mortgage industry tell me they're they're dying. Uh, bond uh, down two basis points, 1.58. Japan up 1.25. We've got oil uh, up 20 cents, 87.08. Kind of settling into this high. High 80s number. Brent up 26 cents, 93.09. Natural gas down another 17 cents, uh, 7.96 after being over nine bucks maybe six trading days ago. Arbob up three cents, 2.45. We've got gold up 80 cents, 17.13. As gold seems to be settling into this low 1700 area. Silver always come back a little bit. Silver's up 15 cents, 18.07. Copper down a penny, 3.44. This is the big one today to watch. A crypto under 19,000, 18,000 uh, is Bitcoin, 763 down 108 bucks. So we're getting uh, <clears throat> the, the cryptocurrency market has dropped under a trillion dollars again. Mm-hmm. And it's in the range here where maybe there's some margin calls, maybe not. We'll see about that. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic Weather Sports. Hey, good morning. Currently 6.35 a.m. on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs win at home with Cincinnati Reds 9-3. to White Sox lose 0-3 against Mar- uh, Mariners in Seattle. And finally, the Diamondbacks lose to Padres 5-6. Uh, now for weather in Chicago, currently skies are mostly cloudy, although we're looking at the possibility of sunshine in the afternoon. Currently 64 degrees, a high of 79 degrees, and a low of 64. In Phoenix, clear skies, currently 86 degrees, a high of 108, and a low of 84. Now for traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road to Austin Boulevard. Keep in mind an accident before South Ridgeland Avenue uh, blocking the left lane. Again, that's South Ridgeland Avenue blocking the left lane. Uh, Traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland to Lawrence Avenue. Uh, Traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between Cermak Road to the Jane Byrne Interchange downtown. And finally, traffic northbound on the Stevenson uh, starts before uh, Illinois Route 171 and continues to just before South Pulaski Road. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. The uh, um, Kevin, uh, 
Did you? Uh, I, I'm curious. I was watching. Uh, for, for, I met some people last night earlier uh, than my usual, so um, it was before the well. The Sox didn't come until nine, so I didn't see any of that. But uh, before the Cubs, the Cubs don't even get a spot in the bar anymore. Um, I was watching the uh, Tampa Bay play the Bo Sox, right? Tampa Bay is what one of the best teams in baseball. Kevin, are two thousand people show up for those games, or is it even that? That's no, why they keep their payroll down. There's, there's, there's nobody there. I mean, it's, 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 it's totally embarrassing for a team that good. And in immortal words, was it, was it Chip Carey or was it Tom Brenneman? Years ago, said uh, there should be one team in Florida that ought to be in Orlando, not in Tampa, not in Miami. I think he's right. Yeah, it could be. Uh, well, uh, although in Orlando, are you really going to get a lot of people who? Uh, no, I, I know a lot of people live there, <laughs> so uh, so you could probably build a fan base. But are you going to, un- unless you figure out how to make the uh, uh, the ball game a Disney experience, all those people who come to town for uh, vacations aren't going to go to the game. Well, why do you, why do you they're, suppose they're, uh, they're otherwise occupied? So you got to figure out you now. You know, it might be worth the price of admission just to have the cartoon character races at, at the, you know, in the seventh inning. Well, as the city of Chicago goes down this uh, crazy road of the the Bears Stadium, um, uh, I think people should look at this stuff <coughs> in terms of how much money you want to give these people. I mean, the guy in in Miami, uh, he, he got rousted out of the mayor's spot, right, for building a new stadium for the the uh, the, the Marlins. The Marlins, right? yeah. Then you so you know, so two comments. I'm, I'm, I still remain. Well, actually, and I'll throw in a third on that. You know, first of all, nice debut by Hayden Wisniewski last night. Yeah. For the Cubs, you know, five innings of shutout ball, struck out eight. You know, that that's not bad. Um, so that's that's the guy they got for Scott Efros. Okay. Um, so uh, so that that was that was kind of cool. Um, but uh, the second thing is, you mentioned Tampa Bay. I still remain baffled why the all those teams are called Tampa Bay and not Tampa, uh, because the city is Tampa, the body of water is Tampa Bay, <laughs> and, and so everybody's they're the only they're the only teams where people refer to them by the body of water rather than the city. Um, yeah, that's a little weird. Maybe like that is the a little San, weird. Be like the San Francisco Bay Giants. Yeah, like San Francisco Bay Giants, the Mississippi River Cardinals, no. uh, you know, uh, the the Lake Michigan Cubs. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it is. I, I think it's a, a weirdness that you know somehow nobody blinks an eye at that. But anyway, that's just me. But while we're on the on the subject of weird names in in, in sports, before we get back to anything serious, uh, you, uh, the Bears released their depth chart yesterday, and Equinemius St. Brown will be one of their starting receivers which always makes me wonder, who was St. Brown? I know about St. John, and yeah. I know St. John is a last name. You know, uh, People you know, will go by that. And St. Clair, and, and Sinclair is a derivative of St. Clair, and that's, that's a last name that I've heard before. But St. Brown, what, what, is there a, a color? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is there a St. Brown? Is there a St. Green? Is there a St. Right. Yellow? Is didn't uh, what's his name, Upton Sinclair write what? What did he write? The Jungle. Yeah. It was about the uh, stockyards, right? It wrote more than that, but yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I think we had to read. I don't know if we had to read that or 
Uh, I thought I read, I, I read parts of it, I think. But Hey, did you happen to, uh, as we're on a sports theme, just for a second, I talk about ridiculous things people do in sports. Did you happen to watch the LSU-FSU game? Yes. Um, I, yes I, I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, outcome. As some writer wrote, and I don't remember who the writer is, I'd like to give attribution. Notre Dame fans went one and one last weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, if, if you bet on them, you won against Ohio State. Okay, so some Notre Dame fans uh, that are degenerate gamblers went uh, went two and zero. Why? Why degenerate? I mean, uh, our buddy Joel said, uh, "Don't ever, don't ever give more than uh, seven points or something." It was like seventeen. Well, uh, unless unless you're in a mismatch game, yeah. You know, when, when they're when Alabama's playing a one double A game, are you going to give the forty or not? I you know I don't know. I might. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what uh, the the. The two refereeing decisions in that game at the end of the game, I found amazingly uh, odd in terms of. Uh, well, I'll set the tone here. Uh, LSU is down by fourteen, right? So they come down, they're driving down, they're driving down. They've, they've got like a third and two. They run the ball, and the guy doesn't get in. He's down on like the half yard line or the one yard line or wherever you want to put it. Everybody knows he didn't get in. LSU knew he didn't get in. There was no, there was no bitching. Nobody, and Kelly wasn't ranting, ranting and raving that they get in. They line up and they score. And all of a sudden, the the uh, referee. But as they were starting that play, the whistle blew. Well, but it was very late in the play. It was, it was like the yeah, guys. Yeah, well, it was it was as he was centering the ball. It was it was like the coaches do when they're trying to freeze a field goal kicker and make it make it. Yep. Which so the guy runs in. All right, now, the, the, so they're trying to determine whether he was in the play before. Everybody knew he wasn't in. LSU knew he wasn't in. They stopped it for a review. They stopped. They it stopped for it for review. But now my question is, if you're going to do that, now the idea is for you to for you to line up real fast. The defense cannot bring in fresh guys, right? There, there's no time for that. So all of a sudden now, because of the review, they let the other team do all the substituting they wanted. How, how is that possible? I mean, that makes zero sense to me. First, you screwed up by, by doing a review in the first place, but now they're up, they're up against five fresh people. LSU shouldn't have to do that. They should. They should. There shouldn't be any sub. Not to mention, you give them a two minute rest anyway, or three minute rest anyway. But it, you change the whole whole uh, the whole game there by doing. I mean, what? How, why? Why do you get to do that? Yeah. Now they did. Event, they did go ahead and score, so it wound up being of no consequence to speak of. But you're right. I mean that that it it was it was uh, butchered the whole way. It, I mean, if, if all of a sudden LSU was screaming about it, and it was really really close, and nobody was lining up anyway, I, I guess you know you go for the review. But common sense would say this doesn't. Why does it need to be reviewed? The whole world sees the guy didn't get in. Anyway, so then then fast forward to uh, LSU's got the ball right, again for the last play, second last play of the game. Well, I, I can't. Do you believe the coaching decision? Well, in the meantime, now Florida State gets the ball. They go all the way down the field. There's like a minute left, and they're on like the two yard line. I think it's third down. So all, I think all they really had to do LSU had two timeouts left, but all they had to do really is take a knee twice. And and I don't think LSU goes goes 99 or kick a field. I don't think LSU goes 99 yards 
with no timeouts with a minute left. I mean, they they could have, but they you know I don't think uh, right. But but even so, um, just kick the field goal and they have to score twice. Yeah. So instead, they pitch out to some guy who, of course, misses it. And LSU, <laughs> big fat lineman dry, jumps on the thing on the one yard line. Well, now they still got ninety nine yards to go in what about a minute ten with two timeouts. They start inching down the field, eight yards, ten yards, and uh, then they get a couple guys out of bounds. Well, finally. The last play comes, and they throw it to the tight end. He's heading for the end zone, and then decides he's got to go out of bounds. Well, he goes out, and the guy hits him out of bounds, but they correctly see that his knee actually hit inbounds, and now there's a second left. Yeah, so, so they, they stopped it. They, gave, they stopped the clock for out of bounds, then they replayed it to see if his knee was down, which it was. Which and means... Now you have eh, a second left. Yeah, but you, you should never have stopped the clock. The game should well, be over. They were going. They were going to stop it for the first down anyway, because in college you stop yeah. it to move the chains. Right. So they were going to get a very brief stoppage, and so the the only question was at that point could LSU have lined up and either spiked the ball in time, or uh, uh, to to actually regroup and run a play, or just lined up and gotten themselves organized enough to run a play, and based on the. Um, uh, Based on what we know about how LSU played with their heads up their butts the whole game, the answer to that is probably not. Right. Okay. But there was still one more questionable officiating decision to go. They put another second back on. Actually, I don't think they did. Yeah, they did. They went to two. I, I thought they should have put a, uh, two seconds on, but I don't think they did. They, they did. They went back to two. Okay. So they, they went back to two, and that's that's probably where it should have been because I do remember, you know, looking at the clock and thinking, okay, so they would have had two seconds to get on the ball, be organized, not have a penalty so you don't get a 10-second runoff, um, and uh, um, and uh, and spike the ball and, and then be ready to run a play. Uh, the problem was that uh, then when they put the ball back, what should have happened is they should have wound the clock as soon as the ball was ready for play. Right. Somehow they, they, they gave them a play. They just said we're giving so they, you a play. They, they guaranteed that they were going to have a play. Yeah, which they shouldn't um, have done. Which they they should have said, nope, you have to line up now. With two seconds left, could LSU did did LSU have plenty of time to line up and then spike the ball and and have a uh, a chance to be organized? Uh, yeah, they they would have. Um, but uh, you know, but they they didn't do it, so they they still. Screwed up the, the uh, officiating on it, but I, I don't know. The, I'm not so sure that it's. I don't know this. I don't know the say. Say the guy would have landed in the middle of the field, with one second on the clock. I don't see any way that the, that the referee could have signaled a clock stoppage and them stop the clock with one second on there. And nor nor do I think that's reviewable. Where you get to go back and say, when the knee actually touched, there was one second. I don't. I don't know that that's even anybody's ever done that, Kevin. Have they? Uh, I think they have. I think that probably is reviewable. All right. Well, I'm just saying that the referees but, got pretty involved but, in this. You one. know, let's let's go back to the uh, Miami coaches, or excuse me, the Florida State coaches' uh, decision to you know to run the pitch play, to do anything to handle the ball other than just you know be be really cautious take the snap move it to the center of the field and and, and set up your kicker and make make them use timeouts that was bad they, that was after a muffed punt uh by Miami so they they got the ball 
Miami also muffed, muffed a punt late in the first half, and Florida State got the ball. Florida State walked away from two muffed, pump, two muffed punts in the red zone and with no points because in the first half, um, it, you know, with, with time uh, getting low, and they got to fourth down and two instead of taking the points then and having another three points going into halftime, uh, it, he decided to go for it on fourth down and didn't make it. Yeah, it was a so they, interesting coaching. So walked, and, 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 of course, from the uh, LSU standpoint, they had two muffed punts in the special teams and two blocked kicks in the special teams, including the extra point at the end of the game. So as it, was, it was an exciting game. It was a dramatic game. It was really, really crappy football. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I real quick because we'll go back to some of this other stuff. But it, it strikes me, Kevin. This is a very small sample and a, and a small kind of review of things. But I, I would even put Saban in this group. I'd put uh, certainly Lou Holtz. Going back years and years, I'd put Dan Devine. Every college coach that has has made it to the pros and they got slapped back to college when they come back to college you can tell who was in the pros because those guys put three times as much emphasis on special teams as a normal college coach does I mean I mean the Irish one special teams play they could have beat Ohio State and the special teams are awful everything's a fair catch everything's I mean uh, they, they don't I don't think they spend the time maybe I mean they don't have that much time there's no exhibition games they only have a few weeks of practice uh, before the thing, and a lot of these guys... Well, and, and once yeah. school starts, they're limited to 20 hours of practice and mandatory meetings and mandatory workouts uh, a week. So uh, there, there is, there is a, a very tight restriction on uh, you know, how much time they can allocate to any aspect of the game. And so I'm sympathetic that they need to make decisions. But uh, but boy, you can uh, you can do yourself a lot of favors on special teams. But you're, I mean, you just tell the guys out there to, to catch the punt, just just catch it. No worry. <clears throat> That's yet. I mean, when, when Lou Holtz came back, he made sure he got a guy like like Rocket, and and they they almost won a national championship just by special teams. Same thing, Dan, Dan Devine did with Tim Brown, right? Uh, actually, Tim Brown was uh, Jerry Faust. Really? That's right. That's right. He was. Uh, yeah. Well, somewhere back there, but I mean, uh, but, but it was Holtz, Holtz that inherited him, and uh, and he won a Heisman Trophy, in in part because he was a good receiver, but mostly because he was such a dynamic kick returner. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do you? So, what, yeah. What 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 Holtz did really really well uh, is he, he didn't run many plays, and he didn't have many tricks on special teams or anything else. Uh, Holtz Holtz's thing was that he would drill his teams to run what they, you know, to do a limited number of things perfectly. And so their, their kick returns were so good because they, they, didn't, they didn't say, well, this week we're going to do, a, you know, a, this kind of special return. This week we're going to have this, you know, fake handoff or this, you know, backwards pass across the field. He, he, they didn't waste his time on any those of are, Those are fun, it though. It was always, let's just execute kick returns, middle return, perfectly. We used to do that on the quad. The uh, pass so they blocked them well. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think there's there's with with college kids. I think that's probably not a bad idea. I, mean, you're I right. think it's absolutely the way to go with that age group. I mean, I, I, I do too. What? Uh, so when you get back to our uh, skipping around all over the place, you're saying that despite what the Fed, their best intentions, uh, because the 
Congress and the President, really, of, of either Let's party. Just call it their intentions. They uh, got the best. Well, the the Congress or the President of either party now is is very happy signing bills, not knowing where the money's coming from because they're used to they've gotten used to the Fed bailing them out, basically. Um, sure. What what was what was uh, uh, Trump's complaint when they? Um, uh, you know when he when he had to call uh, uh, what's his name the uh, Fed Paul, chair, Paul. Um, Paul when he had to call Paul on the carpet what what was his complaint constantly do you remember oh yeah he, he didn't he didn't help him out he didn't put up money in the system it was unfair yeah it was unfair you're not treating me like you treated other presidents yeah then he took him to the uh, White House and he waterboarded him and he came out a different man yeah I don't know if he waterboarded him I, <laughs> I check his back for welts. Um, you think he paddled him? Maybe. Something. Something happened. Yeah, they could have paddled him, could have, you know. Uh, put his head in a vice, something like that, you know. But, yeah, I think the head in the vice is the way to go, you know, Uncle Fester style. Yeah, just put the head in the vice and put a little padding on there. You never even notice when you walk out. You might see the hairs a little squashed on the sides, but other than that, you're okay. Yeah, um, you know, the head might have a slightly different shape, but who notices What's that? the difference? What's the difference? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, going forward is that, I mean, clearly, you know, it's a... Uh, I, you you might have more of a feel on this, but uh, um, Dan Janitas talks uh, every Thursday, and he's you know comes on, and he's one of our most popular guys. Uh, he, he's done a lot of investing for his people in these infrastructure type companies, <clears throat> and uh, he says all the time, Kevin, that the the money's slow to come out of there. I mean, he, he was he was involved in this uh, asphalt company three four years ago, and, and the, wasn't the, wasn't it the Trump infrastructure? It was. There was some bill somebody passed, I'm going to say two, two and a half, three years ago, and uh, that was supposed to get this ball rolling. And Dan says, these these places, uh, they were all ready for this, and uh, checks are a little slow. I mean, uh, what, I mean, I, I guess if they don't have them, they I wait think for... the wheels of government turn slowly. Well, I mean, if you need the stuff, you need the stuff. I mean, that's, uh, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't, yesterday, I don't know if you were listening, but... We were talking, I was reading the self-cooked news and talking about all these companies. If, if we all recognize, which I think a lot of people do, that somehow or another the, the jobs that are open and that are good don't necessarily match up with the training that a lot of the people have right now. Which means to me that I would have taken, I was talking about this with Brendan, I'd take Tilden Tech and a couple of these other schools that used to be tech schools and only got 100 students in them. By next semester, I would spend the money and get the people to where by January there's, you know, I don't know, mechanical drawing, there's this, there's, you, you could get started. You could have some kind of uh, stuff that you guys do. You could maybe have, I'm not, you know, I'm not huge on welding, but controls and those kinds of things. You, you could start doing this kind of training by December if you wanted to. I, I, I'm guessing even if our people got a clue that that's what they ought to do, they're four years away, Kevin. These people, they don't do crap that work, that work for the, they get around the government dull. Academia is all about meetings, my friend. Did you, uh, <clears throat> speaking of which, they were doing a thing on CNBC yesterday regarding, uh, boy, and I, you know, boy, coming from the trading floor, just to know where I'm coming from, a lot of young people there, if you went out and got yourself bleep-faced, next morning if you tried to call in and say, oh, man, I was out to like four micros, I never did this, I was older, uh, they'd say to you, if you don't come in, you're fired. We're not sure we need you. You can sleep on any given morning. 
there were three, four guys, once in a while a girl, three, four guys sleeping under the counter. They'd cover you up with a couple trading jackets, but if it got busy and they needed you, you were there. The idea of you calling in, these guys were talking about yesterday that somehow, I don't know where the hell you get these statistics, a normal day, uh, back in the day, like a million people a day call in sick. But now it's up to like, because they want these people to come back to work, and it was a day after a long weekend, a million and a half or a million five fifty called in sick yesterday nationwide. Kevin, what what the bleep is that all about? I mean, uh, why yeah, I thought I thought the mass the massive call in sick was reserved for the day after the Super Bowl. Oh uh, boy, if you did that, Sebo, you were fired. Called the day after the Super Bowl, and, unless you unless you brought a, a note like from a surgeon, not a doctor, you were fired. <laughs> yeah. Photos of you on the table. Yeah, on the table with the heart next to you or something. Really, <laughs> one of those kind of things. But I mean, you you can't. What, what's going on here? How do how do you, I I want nobody to nobody to work for me who calls in sick when they're not. Mm. I mean, a Pullman. If you were the idea of sick days, if you were sick and had you know had to get surgery or something, they'd pay you for six weeks. They wouldn't with a blind eye. If you called in sick when you weren't, they'd fire you. Was, what are you doing lying to me? You're out of here. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that feel they're entitled to mental health days. Um, um, now, you know, look, I, I do I do get that when you have a poorly run company, you're going to have more absenteeism. Your people are not going to be happy. There's going to be a lot of times when they look and they say, not today, I can't put up with their crap today. Um, so, you know, it, sometimes it is a function of just a really poorly run company and poor management. Nevertheless, you know, you what, what you really need to do, and I even think back to when I was young, there were times when uh, you know, uh, you know, we'd go home after a, a ball, you know, playing ball, and then uh, and then going out after the game, and there were times when you know someone would drive me home, and uh, and, and you know, literally, I have to carry me to the door, and and yet the next day, <laughs> up and at them, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't care how bad you feel, be a pro. Drag your ass into work. Well, that's truth. I mean, yeah. I mean, even Hank Wilson showed up for the game, right? Yeah. I'm not going to put you in the same category as Hank Wilson because he could hit. I'm just yeah, saying. I know. I, you know, I, I was a better hitter. <laughs> God, hey, SP Futures. We're down three. We're dipping here already. We're not even waiting for the opening. SP Futures down 13. Kevin, talk at you Friday. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, 
Nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProtoRuck can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Round up the usual suspects. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Yes, that'll be the day when you make me cry. Well, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down two. NASDAQ Futures down four. We came and everything was up. Now we're not up. Do we have the professor? What? You, professor, are you still in Australia or are you here? No, but but I'm like four hours off the plane, so I might be very interesting today. <laughs> um, you're, you're always, are you in Indianapolis or are you here at home? Um, I'm in Chicago for the moment. You're not I'll in the office? In Indi- I'll be in Indianapolis before you know it. But you're not in the office I'm bringing coffee. coffee. The coffee could do you good. should have brought us some. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still I'm still all screwed up and loopy and all that kind of fun crap. Oh God, were you? Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you were at least business but, class. But dude, you would not believe the inflation in Australia. I, I just can't even words can't even express how expensive some things are. Is it? I'm, uh, a, diet, I'm a diet coke addict, and 
the cheapest 12-ounce can of Diet Coke I could find over there was about $3.50. Wow. wow. Yeah, um, it was, uh, you know, um, it, 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 everything's very expensive over there. Part of it's because they're button heads with China, and part of it's a lot of things. It's just about anything you need over there. Yeah, it comes over on a boat sometimes, so it, it was a, a very different experience. I'm gonna. My my prediction is, when our stuff finally works, our our stuff through the CPI here, I'm gonna say we're we're up thirty five to forty percent since, since mm-hmm. since the end of 2019. I, I think that's our number. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, you're saying there's probably worse than than that. I've got. Uh, to you know what? It's it's probably already at that point there. You know, it just uh, it, it just it, everything's much more, and I. And it's been several years, but I sure don't recall it being like that the last time I was there. Did you have uh, a differential between things here and there? Did you sit uh, out? And the, it's been a bigger problem there. Did you sit out the seventeen-hour one no-stop run, or did you stop someplace? I stopped in Dallas last night. Well, that doesn't help much. No, no not in the least. And you know, they have everybody's wearing Dallas Cowboys stuff, and it just wants to make you throw up in your mouth a bit. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, when that place first opened, I took the tour, uh, mm-hmm. which at that time was like eight bucks or something. They had you know, a tour every half hour, twenty people. I'll tell you what, it was absolutely yeah. worth it. What, what a spectacular place! But of course, the tour. There's one thing that, you know. Normally, I'm all all the business, all the business side. I I have been fixated on conference realignment and the college playoff and all that kind of stuff. Um. The way that I, I, I assume you guys, because you're all dumbers, have talked about this, but the new college football playoff is not good for Notre Dame. No, and the reason, and the reason is not is they never the way it's set up, they can never get a first round buy. They need a number one team in the country, and they have they don't get a first because the first four, the first four first round buys are. Um, the top four ranked conference champions. Right. Well, yeah. And I don't think they would have agreed to that because they had they were one of the entities that had to agree to this thing. I honestly I don't think they would have agreed to that unless they're planning on joining a conference. So you heard it here first. By 2026, Notre Dame will be in the Big Ten. Um, I, I think what's, what's happening is with these super conferences, they're mm-hmm. not. They're not. They're not going to allow anybody to play any games out of the conference. So they're going to essentially going to ban. They're going to play fewer. They're going to play fewer. You know, one of the things with the the SEC, and I grew up in SEC country, is they only play eight conference games, and homecoming for just about every SEC school is like the tune-up game for all the Big Ten schools that they're playing right now. You know, come and the reason I know that is I went to Memphis State, which was that homecoming game one year for five SEC schools. God, oh no, it was just my dad had when Memphis' uh, football team was really terrible. He wrote a letter to the editor in the Memphis paper and said Memphis should just be a money maker and play all eleven games on the road. Well, that's and, that's, and, that's and, great. And everybody's homecoming. Well, that, that's great if uh, you don't mind your kid pl- oh, being being fodder for other people. I mean, uh, it's like you know, Northern Illinois going to play Ohio State. Do I really don't like the kid to get the crap beat out of him if he was 
he's, he's got no business on the field with the Ohio State guys, even though no, not not at all, not at all. That was crazy stuff. What the? I've gotten a few uh, uh, communications from people who uh, listen to the show from uh, the UK from time to time, and I guess the uh, pretty bad over there. All, all your utility bills are to the moon. Not to, not to oh mention, God. they've oh had yeah. a, they've had a huge my, hot um, summer on top of it. My, my boss, who I was traveling with, is from London, and um, yeah, we don't we, we talk about the academic stuff. We don't really talk about the consulting stuff. I do because nobody would have any interest whatsoever in what I was doing in Australia. <laughs> except probably, except, except probably except me. For the ITC that I was doing, I was doing it for the Australian Stock Exchange. Um, but uh, but I spent you know, several days with my boss, who is uh, just this super fascinating guy. His first job out of college was um, working in the press office for Boris Johnson when Boris Johnson was mayor of London. Really? Oh yeah. So he knew all kind. Of, he, you know, he was like he he knew what the outcome of the next election was going to be already. He knew what she was going to be like. Um, Rob is a very fascinating he, dude. Went to Cambridge, uh, just a very, very fascinating guy. Well, uh, the uh, the new lady is allegedly going to push Reaganomics. Is, is, is does anybody you're an economics professor? Is there even such a thing as Reaganomics, or is it voodoo economics as George Bush accused him of being? Uh, no, did, I, did he accuse? Reagan of being voodoo economics? Oh, God, yeah. When he was running against each other. When he was, they were running against each other. Yeah. Um, I, honest to God, I haven't looked that much into what she's going to do. I just heard that she's, uh, that when she started out career-wise, she was not, not, not so much like the Iron Lady, and now she's going to be very much like Thatcher. But circumstances are different now. You know, they're, um, you know, they're, they're still trying to extract themselves from from the EU, they're, they're still mixed up in like they, they've got a court system that that, that they're beholden to that, that they don't have full control over. So there's still a lot of things that she has to do like that, and um, you know the the Trump term for it is you know America first and and all, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, when you say Reagan type, take Type economics, there was there was a flavor of that for sure. That we were going to be initially very very concerned about ourselves and then worry about the rest of the world. I don't think we've been like that for for a while. Well, I think uh, a lot of think we should be like that. I think the UK should be like that. I think China should be. I think Australia should be like that. That's a you know you got you got to take care of home first, and then you uh. Then you take care of everybody. I'm else. not, I'm if not so not sure. Able to take care of yourself, you can't help out anybody else. Um, I'm going to be uh, kind of going to sound like a Southside gangster, which I'm not. If, if you're going to do yeah. that, if you're going to do that, Russell, mm-hmm. you you've got to make sure that you as president, God, this is this is so different from what I normally talk like. You got to make mm-hmm. sure that you as president are more powerful than than the mutts that are at Microsoft and Apple and so forth, and and we're not. Or at least bring them into the fold. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you can count on that. Yeah, well, or at least try. You know, that, that's that's the first step. And the fact that you know you, you you try that one first, you do the carrot, and then you do the stick. Well, and when you do the carrot, you say, "Ah, uh, you don't want the stick." I don't. I don't know that you can. <laughs> I mean, these people are so intertwined with getting this stuff cheap in China, and even in, yeah. to this day. 
and plus they they're selling stuff over there. I I think you're, you it, it, if you actually wanted to do it, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd have you'd have you'd have to be have armed guards breaking up a board meeting at one of those places, and I, I wouldn't want to do. Um, that. You know, doing business in China. I I know somebody that that kind of does what we do, but but a little bit of an offshoot. I traveled over there with them a couple of times to uh, to talk about the markets, et cetera, in Beijing. He's never been able to repatriate what he made when he was over there. Really, and that's that's true for a lot of people. So the whole, you know, when you get to do business in China, it, it, it's not all that good. You know, you have to set up it. You know, there was a finger point, a finger pointing at uh, at Trump for setting up a, a Chinese bank account years ago. Well, it's when he was thinking about doing business over there, and that's one of the things he has to do because you have they, they want they want you to keep as much of the profits over there as as they can force you to keep, which is sometimes all of it. So um, doing business in China, just because you know what, I, I would love to sell the next book I'm writing to every single person in China, but if the result is a giant bank account in China that I can never bring back to the United States. Why would I want to do that? Um, Other than to say that I had the best-selling book in, in history. Well, we had uh, some people. But I want the money. We had some people contact us, uh, Russell. What is like four or five years ago, long before COVID, and they were from uh-huh. China, and they wanted to know if we wanted to do some brokerage and investment advising in China. And I'm like, eh, eh, eh. no, you don't. No, I don't. I know. I know for a fact. I know from experience. And this last trip. Um, what I did with the Australia Exchange, I'm actually going to do the, the, the. I finished my project in Australia, and I'm doing almost the exact same thing for the Japan Exchange starting tonight. And uh, my boss said, "Well, what about the exchanges in China?" I said, "Absolutely not. No, you never get paid." Well, actually, uh, you know? this is this is a while ago because uh, you remember Billy McGowan, don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. B- Billy was still alive, so he was our he was our guy over. I've known Billy for God since 19. 19- since the old floor, which is now the new floor, I stood next to him in the OEX pit. He was the, when the OEX first started, he was a broker, and I stood right next to him. And uh, I could tell you stories, but but, but I won't. <laughs> um, anyway, he, uh, so we went over to Interactive. You know, we have a broker or a clearing relationship with Interactive. And I, yeah. said, I said to Billy, what if, what if we actually want to do something over there? And he goes, just give me the word. Okay, have you set up for a week in Hong Kong? I go, you gotta be kidding me. He goes, no, we got a big office over there, and uh, mm-hmm. and if you want, it'll be you know PTI Hong Kong, and we'll white brand it for you. We'll do all the work, and if the guy wants to do stuff through a uh, trade here, you got to trade through Hong Kong. You can't trade through the mainland, and uh, you know then those guys will have to have their way of getting from the mainland to the the, the brokerage in Hong Kong, and these guys can do it. They probably got a place in Shanghai or someplace. He goes, we're we're not the problem. If you actually got a client over there, we, we'll have you going in a week. I mean, but that's in Hong Kong now. Mm-hmm. now Hong yeah. Kong, well, and I wouldn't even, and I would not trust that either. Now. Well, this was just a while ago. Now I'm after yeah. listening to you, I'm not so sure I would trust that either. Yeah. So, um, I the past two weeks, I've uh, a whole lot of and, you know, and that trip came up out of nowhere. It's not very normal that you book. Book a flight on a Tuesday, and you're in Australia on Friday. I'm still kind of curious as why you flew all that way to go to Dallas. Uh, um, Qantas, uh, by, there's not a, an American partner airline 
that goes directly to Sydney from here. And if I'm going over there, I'm earning those freaking miles, dude. And Qantas. <laughs> yeah, well, Qantas is partnered with America. All right, so you're like, uh, you're like, what's his name in uh, Dustin Hoffman? Oh, no, you're thinking of George Clooney and Up in the Air. Trying no, to get George, when, when, what was he when he was the autistic guy? Oh, Rain Man. Yeah, no, I was very sick. Rain Man. Yeah, he would only, he would only yeah, fly. Rain Qu- Man, Rain Man was Qantas. I yeah, thought you were talking about the George Clooney movie where all he's, where all he's trying to do is earn his miles. Well, Qantas has had a... Get his name yeah. on the side of a plane. Which is I don't really care. Now, about do you I, I, just out of curiosity? Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I went to my Southside barber, mm-hmm. like years and years. But there was a guy I'd run into there once in a while, and he was a, uh, a CPA, worked for one of the bigger firms, and he had a, a lot of the clients that he dealt with were in the South. So I, mm-hmm. I, to this day, I mean, all the stuff I've I've only flown back and forth to New York, Washington, a lot of it when I was on the Seaboard and so forth, and San Francisco and those kinds of places, LA, and I've always you know been basically on the United American junket, some or Southwest, if you went to, you know, to Arizona or someplace. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever flown Delta. Anyway, but this guy had uh, he had a gazillion miles on Delta. He's back and forth to Atlanta mm-hmm. like every week and blah blah blah. He goes, I've never once been able to use one of these miles. Oh yeah, because uh, unless he's got to go back to Atlanta. Yeah, he goes every, every yeah, year. I, I, yeah, every year as soon as yeah. the you know the fifteenth is over for taxes. I try and my family. I keep promising we're going to go to Europe, and on the morning of the sixteenth, a year in advance, I call and say anywhere in Europe my family and I want to go. There's two kids, and I'm all booked. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I've never gone anywhere. It's it's such BS. It's scary. I, maybe it's gotten better since then, but he goes, I can. You can never go any kind of des- destination place you actually want to go and bring your family and use the miles for that. They're booked a, a minute into the new year. They're booked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, Delta's like that. America, I, America has been it's absolutely great. Um, I've I've taken my my teenagers along with me to London for work trips and stuff, and been able to cover it with miles. Uh, kind of funny when when the, I know I, I'm, I assume our demographic doesn't match up to this one very well, but. Um, and advice that I have always had to the youngsters that are getting married is have a little business meeting. Boy, that took a ter- took a turn on you, didn't it? Yeah. And um, no, and it's like you know, do you are, are you you know, do you want to live in the burbs? Do you want to live in the city? You know, all these kind of things that you know, when you're in the bliss of the relationship that leads up to marriage that you don't necessarily discuss. And I had a friend down in Atlanta that 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 called off his wedding a week and a half ahead of time because, you know, they started to realize that there were lots of big things like that. Like, one of them really didn't want to spend the rest of her life in Atlanta. The other, his whole life was from Atlanta. Just all that kind of crap. My wife and I actually, during our little business meeting, which I think has led to uh, coming up on 21 years of marriage, uh, we, we went over all kinds of stuff. And one of them was we sat there and we looked at, do we have more United or American miles? <laughs> yeah, and which one's going to be our airline? And I, I, I had her beat just a little bit because I was traveling a lot for work even back then, uh, and that's how we ended up with American. Well, if you're on the if you're on the board of the SIBO, they always booked you on United. They had some shtick with United. Yep. Yeah, that's another thing. When I worked at SIBO for a decade, um, I I kind of liked flying American because when you know there, there were times that a whole bunch of us would be in the same region of the uh, you know the world, like. 
would all go November, December. A bunch of us would always go to Asia. Uh, I was, you know, I was never on flights with my bosses and stuff. I was always kind of by my kind of by myself, which was nice. I got a uh, a story. This is, and I, I swear it's true. We we had a we had a meeting in Washington, our one board meeting in Washington, and of course everybody, you know, the, the staff flew so much that they all had these. You know, everybody's in first class all the time. And I was just, yeah. you know, I'm, I didn't travel that much other than on the board. So, of course, they insist on, on giving me an upgrade to first class because the, the staff was not, even though they were senior people, really didn't like the idea that they'd be up in first class and a board member's in steerage, right, even, uh, though, even though I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, as long as, as long as they had an exit row someplace for my long legs, uh, I was a lot thinner then, I didn't care. And, uh, oh, no, you got to be in first class. And I'm looking around the, the, you know, the waiting room, and there's not very many people there. I'm thinking, I really don't need to be in first class here and use somebody's upgrade. I mean, I'm sure I can have any seat I want in the rest of the plane. And uh, so we get on the plane. Every seat in first class is taken. We're like five other schmucks, and then everybody else is from the SIBO. How many people do you think were in the rest of the plane? I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a dozen. Try none. Wow. Really? It was just you guys? Just, it was just us. Awesome. I'm like, this will. This has never happened before, and it'll never happen again. Every seat in first class was taken. Plus, I didn't even get any dinner anyway. I mean, and the, the entire rest of the play. The only thing nice is I was still in my suit, so you're a lot more comfortable in first class if you're actually dressed up. But, uh, hey, I got some real interesting questions for you. Uh, is, okay. As Bitcoin is ducked under 19000 here, and the market cap of cryptos have dropped under a trillion. Um, is this is this a danger zone for places like MicroStrategy and FTX and people like that? If not, where is it, and how much danger? Um, I don't think it's a danger yet, and it, it's because uh, what you're get, I think what you're actually getting ready to see is something that a lot of people that pay closer attention to crypto than you and I have been calling for. And it's that Ethereum is going to become the, the, the new standard. It's going to be the one everybody pays attention to. And they're going through a technology. And this is why one of the reasons that Bitcoin is under pressure is in the next couple of weeks, Ethereum is going to go through some sort of technology change, which uh, is going to make it greener, make it more efficient. And one of the benefits that Ethereum has over Bitcoin is Bitcoin is extremely is totally decentralized. If you want to, if you want to fix something, you got to have a, a whole lot of different people agree on the change. Ethereum, there's more of a central party that can change, you know, change what's going on in the background that we don't see, and they're getting ready to do that in the next couple of weeks. And then all of these NFTs and all these other things that you hear about actually run on the Ethereum network, not on the Bitcoin network. Well, Ethereum's down four so percent today. Years, everybody felt like Ethereum would become bigger than um, Bitcoin. I'm trying to open up my my Coinbase account. It's not opening up um, just to to see where they are relative to each other. I do know that in the past few weeks, Ethereum's up and Bitcoin is not. Well, this morning, so Ethereum's down don't, 4 Don't focus just on Bitcoin right. being, possibly being the reason that, that, that you would be worried about these entities right now, because we may be getting ready to go through a structural shift where 
the, like the FTX and the other entities, that, in, not necessarily MicroStrategy, because I don't know where they are with respect to how much they hold. I think they're all, uh, with it. I don't know at all, but they're the, Bitcoin. The crypto firms might be okay. And not only was that, the, the, the consulting firm I work for had a, had our uh, Asian conferences while I was over there as well, and I went to the Australian one, and all the discussion on the crypto panel was about Ethereum, not Bitcoin. Well, they're down over four so, percent today. So make sure you're you're focused on that one. All right. Well, they're they're down much heavier than Bitcoin today. They're down over four percent. Bitcoin's down less than one. Okay. Well, I know it's I know it's been bouncing lately, um, and in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be an event that. Might shed a you know a positive light on Ethereum. Well, I'm not. Um, so I so my my point behind that is I don't think we're in the danger zone quite yet, and I want to see. Uh, I I really think it's September fifteenth. But keep in mind, I just flew twenty seven hours and I've only slept three. So anything I say today is even though I know we're always recorded, I, I can't be beholden to. Okay. Oh uh, I You're think it's September. I think it's September fifteenth. I really do. Uh, and you got, we need to see how that event goes, and that's a pretty important event across the board for the industry. I just as uh, as, we, as we squeeze some, you know, well, they're not putting more money in the system. I still still not clear to me whether they're going to attack this price level or they're just going to let it go and hope we grow into it. I think that's probably what they're going to do when I say they, the Fed. But I uh, this, I mean, this this trillion dollars. I mean, when you come right down to it. I, I mean, any, any, you know, I would, I, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even bother me at all, uh, mm-hmm. if, if this was just people's money. And you know, if you, if I spent a hundred hours on, uh, you know, a, a baseball bat and it got cracked, well, I guess I lost my hundred bucks. But if, but if I borrowed ninety bucks for the bat and it got cracked and I can't pay the ninety off, now I got a problem. I think there's mm-hmm. way more margin in this Bitcoin than we're led to believe. And uh, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm certain there is. And I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't see how this FTX has an un, unlimited supply of anybody who has trouble. They somehow bail into the thing. I mean, who's this? This Voyager Digital. I mean, how much? How much did Mark Cuban get smacked for in there? I mean, uh, there's, there's. I mean, he's he's probably got plenty, but still, he's got less. Uh, I mean, that that thing was, uh, you know, a huge. How many? I think there's some people we know who got caught in there. I mean, it, or what about the the was it Three Oaks or whatever? Uh, I, mean, I haven't heard. Or three something somethings. That that's what caused uh, Voyager to go down, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean, there I, were, I mean, there were some entities that were holding these things on margin, and um, I don't know what their margin requirement is on the. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of listed derivatives on these things now. Yeah. And yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know when uh, when when Bitcoin got you, know, you. You mentioned our buddies at Interactive Brokers, because and and I've been doing stuff with them. I think probably longer than you have. Uh, their uh, their initial you know, initially they said we're not going to list these things and you know there was such an uproar they said okay we're going to list them but uh, if you buy a uh, you know if you buy a Bitcoin future that represents twenty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin your margin is twenty thousand dollars yeah well <laughs> they basically they basically said no margin which means that yes to the fall of it you know and I wanted to say it the way that I just said it because if I say no margin then everybody thinks oh you know everybody was taking on a lot of risk no 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 no, no. That means that it's just like you're buying a stock and putting up all the cash. Well, I think Kenny told and no me, short, and I think they said no short positions. <laughs> well, well, the uh, this Voyager, there, there was some lady, uh, lady, which well, happened to be female, and she's bitching mm-hmm. a blue streak about 
and she evidently invested a lot of money in his Voyager, and there was a way you could put money in there that they were using for the margin loans. Uh-huh. And I, I don't, I mean, Kenny never told us the place, Kenny Polkari, but he said just to, just to see how it was working, he put a thousand bucks in one of these things where he was making nine, ten, eleven percent, something like that, when when things were, mm-hmm. when re- interest rates were zero. And I think he said that the uh, the Bitcoin people, the guys borrowing, were, were paying a tenth of a percent a day or something, some massive number. But anyway, this lady mm-hmm. puts her money in there, and then it was not, I mean, talk about, <laughs> I don't know who wrote the script for her. Not only did she lose her money, it was all her investment money she had, and she had, she had sold something. But not only that, the thing that she had built up, that she sold to put the money in the Bitcoin margin, uh, she worked hard all the time, and she was a single mom, so it was it was time that she took away from her kids to make the money to go into microstrat. I'm like, this, this is like the house of cards. It, you know, Joe Joe made the hole where somebody dug out the iron ore, and did something. You know, she's, mm-hmm. she's getting this whole string of stuff happening to where now all of a sudden, but you know, I when the whole world's getting, I mean, I, I don't want anybody to lose any money, mm-hmm. including her. But when the whole mm-hmm. world's making. Making one percent, two percent, if if lucky, and you find a place giving you ten, if you don't have the common sense to say, wait a minute, uh, you know, just just like when I was doing the stuff for the tre- lady running for treasurer in Illinois, uh, Nancy Drew Sheehan, and I went through mm-hmm. every county and well, I didn't go through it, it's a huge list, and all you could do, uh, uh, Russell, was was put money in federal government in every in every state in the land, or every county, so. If I beat you in, in Iowa this year, it's because I put it in two years and you put it in five and I made like a hundredth of a cent better than you and you owed me a beer. I mean, it, that, that's all you could do. But there were two counties, yeah. Harris County, Texas, and Orange County, California. They're all of a sudden making like eight or ten percent. Everybody else making two. And I'm going, wait, wait a minute. What, what, are, these, what are these knuckleheads doing? It, obviously, they were doing something different. And they both got 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 slammed, right? And neither guy knew anything about it. Oh yeah. And both both guys said, "Man, I didn't know." Wait a minute. You're making eight to ten, and everybody else is making one, and you didn't know. You didn't suspect. What are you, some kind of moron? I mean, I, I guess. Well, you know the guy. I, I teach the Orange County when I teach derivative. Really? And, um, he had a high school degree. Still, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if everybody walks down, if every savings and loan in the place is paying two and a half percent, and you go to a place there. And they're paying you ten. I, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't, care, I don't care if you get it. There's risk reward, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to S&P futures know? now down ten. S&P futures down twenty. Come back. Russell's gonna say why we're going down every day and why every morning we seem to start up and then turn. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Was that uh, Russell at age 12? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah. It does sound a little bit like him, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, God. <laughs> S&P futures uh, down 9, and we're going to f- find out the reason why from Russell. NASDAQ futures down 13. Uh, individual side, the Dow, Dow is, uh, Dow stocks are mostly red, but nobody's down very much. CVX down 93 cents. Uh, we've got Goldman Sachs down a buck fifty. Other than that, nobody's really doing much anything. Microsoft up 83 cents. Dow futures down 91. Over Europe, we've got the uh, they've 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 sunk since the last time we did this. I got the DAX now down 100.8 percent, uh, FTSE down 65.9 percent, CAC around down 52.9 percent. Uh, these guys are scrambling to get power for the winter. Uh, Nikkei down 196.7, Shanghai down up to call that flat, Hang Seng down 158, 19,044. So hanging in just above 19,000. Uh, it was a way of review yesterday, even though we started everything up yesterday morning. Didn't end that way. Dow down 173. S&P down 16. NASDAQ down 85. Um, bonds, we have the 10-year uh, rate is 3.32, down two basis points, but still that's pretty high. It's caused 
mortgages to go back up, and a lot of that industry is uh, not doing so hot right now. Uh, Bund up down three basis points, 1.57. Japan up 1.25. We have oil down 43 cents. That's West, West Texas, 86.45. The Brent down 55 cents, 92.28. Natural gas down 9 cents, 8.05. Uh, Arbob up 2 cents, 2.44. Uh, gold, we've got gold up a dollar twenty now at 17.14, but really showing no signs of heading back to 1,800, 1,900, or anything higher than that. Silver up 13 cents, 18.04. Copper down 2 cents, 3.43. And we're going to have to give two Bitcoins now. We have Bitcoin down 134, 18.738. We have Ethereum down mm-hmm. 66 bucks, that's 4%. And we have the U.S. dollar. Uh, point, we are under 99 cents now. Uh, ah. The Europe is under 99 cents. 0.9889. Pound down to 114. Uh, we get it right back on that plane to Russell. Go over there and have a few beers cheap. Mm. What do you got for us, Matt? Traffic Weather Sports. Good morning. Uh, currently 7.36 a.m. on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs win at home with Cincinnati Reds 9-3. White Sox lose 0-3 against Mariners in Seattle. And the Diamondbacks lose to Padres in San Diego 5-6. Currently, the weather in Chicago, uh, skies are uh, sli- slightly cloudy downtown. Sun is just starting to peak out a little bit. Uh, we're looking at the possibility of sunshine in the afternoon. Currently 66 degrees, a high of 79 degrees, and a low of 64 in Phoenix, though, clear skies, currently 86 degrees, a high of 108, and a low of 84. Now for traffic in Chicago. Heavy traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road to downtown. Uh, traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Independence Boulevard to First Avenue. Heavy traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue to downtown. Heavy traffic westbound on the Kennedy between downtown to West Bryn Mawr Avenue. Traffic eastbound on the Edens uh, after West Dempster Street to the ramp at I-90. Uh, heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan starting way down at east 115th Street. Uh, remains pretty solid until the Jane Brennan interchange. And uh, traffic northbound on the Stevenson starts before Illinois Route 171 and continues to just before South Pulaski Road. And finally, traffic northbound on the Lakeshore uh, between uh, East 18th Drive to Ur randolph Street. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Um, Russell, I have a quick question for you. Uh uh, just one, one, one full disclosure thing. I did just buy a hundred bucks worth of Ethereum during the break. Um, <laughs> I kid you not. And uh, I did, I did so because it'll make me pay attention to the to it going through the uh, going through the deal. Because I had dumped all my crypto back in March. How does a guy like you? you now, is this our code? You actually put? I got to add three zeros to that. No. It's, a, it's my it's my version of a paper, and that sounds just so arrogant, but no, that's just my version of a per- paper trade, because the only way that you're going to pay attention to a market is if you have a little bit of money involved in it. And it, go- it goes back to, you know, I, I when I was teaching options, I was like, yeah, it's great if you paper trade options, but you're really not going to learn how they work unless you, you know, buy one or put on a covered call or whatever. So, it's the same version of that, but I do need to keep an eye on what's going on in that market. The only way to do that is to have a little bit of money in there. Uh, did you okay. go to a vending machine? I don't, don't want to segue you too much. Cause I know there's well, I mean, I, did you go to a vending machine or did you use a broker? <laughs> I was still on my phone. All right. Man. Your vending I phone? Saying, I, 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 I could spend the rest of my life, you know, in the bed and do everything on my phone. Thanks to Steve Jobs. I'm going uh, the absolute opposite direction. I'm going to find a burn phone and just use it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, didn't tell you, I didn't tell you what happened to me. And, and okay. you and you and uh, Matt are going to say what a, what a luddite I am, and probably that's somewhat true. Mm. I uh, mm-hmm. 
I'm sitting here at this at the uh, series, having a cocktail with a, a group of uh, schmucks, <laughs> my buddies, and uh, one of the guys is uh, uh, looking to buy a, uh, or at the time was looking to buy a uh, marijuana distributorship somewhere in this, say near here but not in Illinois, and uh, mm-hmm. so. I'd been to the town on several occasions, and the other guys at the table hadn't been. So I mean, my this guy who's doing this has got his phone on the table; it's on. And I and I go to uh, I said, "All right, I'll, I'll show you guys where this town is." So I, I can I, that's one thing I can do. I can use the Google Graphs on my phone. So I, mm-hmm. I I go to the Google Graphs and I find the town. And normally, when you you know when you start scrunching it down to a smaller area. You know, you, the McDonald's will pop up or some restaurant will pop up or something like that. Guess what the first things that popped up? that I've, I've never once looked for a marijuana distributorship in my life. Never been in one, never intend to go in one. The first four things that pop up in this area in Michigan on my phone are marijuana distributorships. Or dispensaries? Yeah. Is that what people are looking for? Yeah. Well, no, and I'm, what I'm, no, I'm not all about that. I was wondering if if his phone was talking to my something was weird. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, something was weird. And ever since that day, I'm gonna go find a burn phone and I'll put this. I'll leave the other one in the briefcase or something. But that's just saying. I'm not mm-hmm. happy with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Lady in the office has. Well, it, it, it's funny when you're having a conversation about you know something, and then all of a sudden, yeah, in in front of the Alexa, who yeah. is listening all the time. And then all of a sudden, an ad for it pops up on your phone, even uh, though you haven't searched for it on your phone yet. That would absolutely creep me out. Yeah, yeah. and and it's I, I think you know, and I don't know if that's just one of those you know weird coincidences, like you learn a new word, then you hear it three more times, you know, the same day or yeah. the same week mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, that, yeah, it, it, you know, Alexa was listening to us. It uh, it's creeping me out. Hey, before we get into more of the the. Uh, economy, because um, I, I, I uh, spent a lot of time in the last um, week or so because uh, you know Kevin uh, sent me some stuff and I was digging through it. And my my nephew, I, I mean my brother has uh, childries every uh, Sunday, and it's, it's been a really good family thing. We get together and uh, especially since the uh, my nephew's got the new baby and, and she's a riot and uh, and um, well she sizes me up. She's like two weeks old. She's like stares at me like what's with this guy. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I don't I don't know what she's thinking, but she's thinking something. I hope, I hope it's good good thoughts. Uh, she's looking into your soul. Yeah, she's doing something. Yeah. And I, <laughs> look, Audrey said, "God, she looks at you like she's an adult, and she's two weeks old." They're like, "Yeah." Anyway, um, my my nephew is in the uh, metals metals business, where they 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 do parts for people and those kind of you know if you need a conveyor belt, they'll make the conveyor belt. But mm-hmm. they, they, the place isn't that big, you know, and they were bumping along with some business and all of a sudden I mean some stuff has come back here and now I mean they, they could be ten times as big but except for the fact they can't hire anybody and uh, you know the people that maintain machines and all those kinds of things well of course Kevin that's what Ivy Tech in Indiana does for people yeah uh, and uh, and you know he's anxious to either put some graduates out in the area here or have some of these guys drive that are in our Hammond campus at night and then actually take courses and so I mean I just, I just get the feeling that the, the the people are needed sort of today, and Kevin's group is ready to help today. But you look at 
the politicians that all they do is crow about these labor numbers and so forth. The fact is, Russell, the good jobs, the the, the people available do not match the jobs. And, and, right. and there's no sort no. of, tra- I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about every job. I'm talking about, the fact yeah. is, I mean, my nephew says, these guys are paying 50 bucks an hour for some of this stuff, and they can't find people. Well, 50 yeah. bucks is pretty good, you know, especially if you might get overtime or something. And the, uh, anyway, I mean, they're paying hospitalization a whole bit. I mean, it's, well, if 20 bucks is 40 grand, 50 bucks is what, 100? That's, yeah. not, hor- that's not horrible. Even with the inflation, yeah, that, it's, you know, it's not horrible. Uh, so, anyway, the, uh, in, uh, but I, I just get the feeling that our, our, our elected people are so slow on this stuff. I mean, we're talking, they'll program it'll be five years. For God's sake, we fought a world war in three and a half. I mean, our, why, why, is, why is everybody so damn slow? Why, why does it take 12 years to redo the burn interchange, for God's sake, when it didn't take that long to build the whole Ryan? I mean, I, I, I'm just curious as why why we, we collectively seem so inept. Uh, I think there's a lot. There's a lack of a sense of urgency. Well, I mean, you know, even even though it's there, but it's not. You know, it's just not right in your face. Uh, and in order to really get something done, first off, government's no good at doing anything um, unless there's a massive sense of urgency and you got everybody on board. You know, I mean. I, I assume there were some people that weren't real excited about getting involved in World War II. And I know leading up to it, it was, you know, there was a split decision here in the U.S., but uh, the second that, you know, the you know, second that we got hit in Pearl Harbor, uh, it was very unpopular for you to, to be on the other side of the war. You know, it, 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 if, if at Thanksgiving, if you were the grumpy uncle that said, we should stay out of this damn thing, uh, when everybody reconvened at Christmas, oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, the grumpy uncle was not saying that anymore. So no, you, you, you got to have a, a ridiculous sense of urgency for anything the government does to actually work. But but you and had you, the, the idea that we, uh, and I know you don't know this, that you don't think this way because you know better. The, the idea that we started from scratch is total BS as well. Because yeah, uh, I mean Roosevelt saw it coming. And did oh, every, yeah, yeah. And we, did, were, we were, we, you know, we, we were preparing, but we got hypermobilized, right? Uh, very quickly. But I'm saying is the uh, we not only had had uh, he had prepared for some. He had already essentially hired George Marshall two mm-hmm. or three years before the war, who went through the officer corps and got rid of all the old guys and basically promoted the right guys. And you had we started selling war material to. Britain and France, so we already had plans on the, you know, we already had some factories turned, and we had uh, drawings for ships, we I mean, uh, we, didn't, we didn't start... I mean, if, it, if we weren't prepping, they wouldn't have bombed us in, in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> well, but, yeah, <laughs> we... Have, they wouldn't have been worried about it. Because, so, I mean... You, yeah, we had to have been prepping. But, you know, the, the, we, we didn't start designing the battleship New Jersey in, in de- December of 1941. You know the right. thing was that we right. these things were already we had uh, we had upgraded our preparation both in planes and whatever. Now, we, everybody wasn't like going to work or anything. But but I don't I don't see how. I mean, we have. I got this newspaper here. I was going through, and I mean, I look at a place like uh, like Tilden Tech. I'll get the real number here from uh, CPS. The guys have uh, 
now there's a place that used to do all this stuff, right? And I just mm-hmm. happened to get my cousin went there. They have, they have a capacity, used to have a capacity of 1,608 students. They now have 172. And uh, percentage of students proficient in reading, 2%. Proficient in math, 1%. Now, Russell, I'm going to say, even though you have all kinds of things to do, well, so do I, manage money for people and stuff. I mean, I would just say that if you and I were in charge, by January semester, we would have working shop classes in that building, and anybody who wanted to transfer there could. I'm going to say we, we would hire some people, we would get some machines, we'd get some stuff. It wouldn't be the cat's ass, but it would be workable. Yeah. And I'm going to say we would have some drawing classes, we would have some wood shop, and uh, we'd have people learn how to, and we'd have people to learn, teach people how to do systems controls on these new machines because it's all in doing the programming, right? I couldn't do that, but people can. I would say we could have that going by January. I'm going to say it never gets going. <laughs> or yeah, perfect. Okay. yeah that, if, if, if the proper incentives are in the play, in place and we're left to, you know, we're, we're left to hire who we want to hire, if we're, you know, if, we, if, if, if we're able to run it as close to a private business as possible, then, yeah, we could do that. Well, I mean, the but, first thing you do is partner up with a, with a uh, junior college or par- partner up with a school that's already doing it. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it is you know. It's but uh, what happens if if we're using a Chicago public schools facility and we want to team up with a junior college and we're not hiring people from the Chicago teachers union? Well, screw them. But yeah, well, you, you, you can't. Yeah, I know. You know, every mayor that we've gotten, uh, I think, ever since I moved to Chicago, except for maybe the Dailies, because they were experienced with this. But um, you know, Rom pissed off the teachers union. Uh, Lori Lightfoot got in office, and the teachers union started to screw around with them. Uh, any anything relatively new, the the teachers union is going to just push back immediately. So that just pushed us back to the next school year. Let me lobby a number. Uh-huh. In 2013, the enrollment in the city of Chicago was 403,000 kids. This yeah. year, this year it's 330. All right. The tax well, there is a, there, not all of it's dem- not all of it's some of it's national demographics, but I not all of it. A lot of it's people leaving the black communities because of the violence. Yeah. Okay, but here's, that's, here's, a, here's I think that's, a, that's a big part of it. But here's, the, here's the second number: people leaving, and you know, people just leaving the city in general. Uh, here's the second number: 2013, 5.8 mm-hmm. billion dollars was the budget. Now it's 9.3. So the yeah. enrollment is down 18 percent, and the budget's up 60 percent. You know, and there are, and you haven't even gone through how many fewer facilities there are. Uh, they closed a ton of schools. I know, but get a load of this. Um, I, I'd ask you a couple more questions, but since you asked me, asked me the question, Chicago mm-hmm. Public Schools' most empty schools, Manly, Manly High School, 1,296 capacity, actual number 64. Douglas High School, I have no idea where that is, uh, 888 capacity, actual enrollment 44. Up, uplift High School. Uplift? Holy crap. Uh, 720 capacity, 55. Hirsch, I never worked in there, right? I didn't work in any of these high schools. I used to work in mm-hmm. most of the grammar schools, but uh, the only high school I ever worked in was uh, South Shore. Mm. Um, Tilden High School, they don't even call it Tilden Tech anymore. Uh, 1608, um, capacity 172 there. I mean, this if, you were, if we were a private business, those would all be consolidated. Right. Into another school. 
Well, yeah. but you're. But, but the idea is, I mean, I, let's let's, yeah. let's put it this way. When when you say that, it, it, it it's it's weird though, Russell. I mean, uh, mm. so someday if if you're actually down here, uh, it's, it's safer on the train. But we could we could get into the the suburban with the shaded out windows on my Secret Service car. I take you on a drive down these places. I mean, it, oh, I've been there. No, I, no, but, but I say, I but I, five, I, I, no, I, I spent five years volunteering on Saturdays at William Penn Elementary. Really? Okay, but what am I, I, I been, yeah, I've been there. I, 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 and I, it was an extension of something I did when I lived in Atlanta in the late nineties. Okay, but I'm, um, well, my point I, is, I volunteered in it. My mom taught at inner city schools, and you know, we're in such a scumbaggy industry to kind of offset myself. Yeah, uh, I would volunteer at, at inner city schools. Well, my I mean, point I still is, have kids from Atlanta that that you know I know what they're up to. Still, well, and that you know that's twenty years in the past. My wife even knows these kids, and she never lived down there with me. Well, depending um, on the population, so, so, no, I'm ve- I'm very familiar with these places. But I'm saying depending on the population, the Catholic uh-huh. Church was roughly there was a church every square mile. Now, in some areas, it was they were closer yeah. together and stuff. There was a par- there was a parish. All right, so yeah. I'm saying so now you got this two or three square mile area that is. Fed by this high school. Well, now the area every block is two people trying to live there, fifteen empty lots, eight boarded up houses, and a few others you don't know who the hell's living there. All right, so if if you if you make the statement that this square mile of area in the middle of a large city where you've got bus routes, you've got train routes, you've got everything, if if you're going to say it's never coming back, let's just level the whole damn place. And oh, by the way, let's level the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, and the high school while we're doing it. I mean, what are you really saying, though? I mean, it, it, you're saying there is no hope whatsoever. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to do that, Russell. I mean, I, I you know, what I'm saying I, that that really, oh, like, yeah. that really like shuts the book on, on everything. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it, I don't think you, I don't think you can deliver that message. I think you have to decide. You, your, your goal should be to get. More industry, more jobs, and oh, by the way, five years from now, there's a few more people living there, and the and this enrollment starts creeping up. You, you, I mean, we're not we're not talking about giving up, you know, a piece of property in the swamp and the forest preserve. Mm-hmm. We're talking about two square miles in the center of a huge city. I mean, I mean, how do you? Well, you, I mean, you you could still, you know, it might be an extra half mile to to get to the new school when you consolidate them. Uh, one of the issues is when they, I know when they consolidate these schools, uh, they'll, they'll bring kids in that are from like three or four miles away. It, it's ridiculous how some of the consolidation has worked out as well. Um, but there, there's got to be a, a way that you don't completely screw over a whole neighborhood, uh, but at the same time you don't have a, a high school that's built for 1,200 kids that has 50. I, 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 there needs to be. Yeah, there's, a happy, there's a happy medium in there, and I'm not. And it, it, it may have come across as more of a, a, a screw them, you know, it, tough stuff. There's not enough people to fill the school, so we're going to send you, you know, to another school. Uh, one of the issues, and and this is where like, you know, the big fights at back to school time come from. It's like where'd all these kids come from? Well, they, you know, they they came from a school that's three miles away, and now they're part of your school, and. That that's where a lot of the back to school tensions come from. That's well, where but the there, probably came from. I don't know if, when school is starting back. It's it's hard for me to, um, to broach. There's a, a smarter way to do all of that. I know, but I, it's hard for me to broach a subject that you don't know as much or more than me on. But there have been cities that have gone through this, and uh, 
Yeah. I remember reading uh, Youngstown was one of them. Akron probably, but Youngstown was a big one. To all of a sudden, now there's areas where there's there's two people on a block, and they, what they basically said was, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna take these two people, we're gonna move them to these other areas, and all of a sudden we're gonna go back to you know a greenfield or something or a park or make a golf course. We're, we're ne- they basically have said we're never going to have the population again in Youngstown. Why even kid ourselves? Let's shrink the place. Didn't Detroit sell some of their outlying areas to the suburbs? Or something? I don't know. I, mean, I, people don't, are, I, I would not be the least bit surprised because they've, uh, they've flattened some of the city as well. Yeah, but so. I'm saying, I mean, but I don't, I don't know that Chicago is ready to do that. Maybe we should be, but yeah. I, you know, should we, should we make a, uh, some massive, huge park in the near south side. Maybe people will move in if they. But uh, hey, one other question. Uh, what to talk about page four here? Because we're all over the place. Because I missed you last week. Um, I don't. Well, I'm, I'm getting the stuff people are sending me. Carl started this out like a year ago. What do you make of the amount of of people dying this year? Way over any kind of estimates. Didn't really happen as bad as COVID as people thought. But this year is like mm-hmm. way worse. It's like a hundred percent higher in some of these age groups, thirty-five to forty-four. What should we should we you know buy in, buy stock in a cactus or a casket manufacturer or what? I mean, it's, it's yeah. There's like, there's a, one of, I think the biggest casket manufacturer in the state is, is in northern Indiana. Really? Um, yeah. So um, yeah, let me find <laughs> out what that stock is and we'll <laughs> but, but what do you think's um, causing all? What do you think's causing all this? <laughs> Oh, I think a, a lack of, I, you got to assume that part of it, that we had a very dormant lifestyle for a couple of years. Um, so if you were, you know, if you were already in pretty bad shape, mm. uh, I, I severely doubt that, that when we had a lockdown that you were suddenly getting off the couch and running every day. Um, probably. I also so I, think, I think I think the dormant lifestyle had something to do with it. Well, uh, um, Karen was on last I week, think, and, and I, I had this discussion. You got to love the cab driver discussions that you have sometimes, or Uber driver discussions that you have sometimes. Um, I I think it, this was a theory that got thrown at me, um, you know, yesterday. But for me, yesterday was forty hours ago. Uh, my cat. We were talking about um, the, this kind. A pseudo version of this topic, uh, and my Uber driver was talking about how we eat such crappy food, and DoorDash is making it even easier to eat crappy food that it's impacting everybody's health. And this is in Australia where everybody's healthy and everybody looks like a model. Yeah, I'm gonna um, be, I think a lot of it. And he, he brought that up. He, he was actually he said, you know, you know, we, we've got this dormant lifestyle. Everybody already has terrible he said we have bad eating habits he said you people in the states have terrible eating habits and he's right you know um you it, you know where i get my breakfast from more often oh, yeah. than not and i and i gotta stop doing that you know and when i'm down to indiana i got no food in my fridge um i'm door dashing you know breakfast and my other meal of the day i only eat twice a day now i don't eat three times a day and um you know, I'm door dashing. I, I got a personal relationship with the DoorDash driver that brings me my McDonald's three out of five days a week when I'm down there. Well, uh, I gotta stop doing that stuff. But I, I think, think some that's of it has of it as well. I think some of it has to do with Karen was on last week and she mentioned her uh, mm-hmm. her mother in law had knew she had some problem had a had a lump and uh, by the time she got in to see somebody with the COVID, it was, she was stage four and toast. 
that, think, that may have something to do with it as well. Is you're uh, you're putting off, or you know, you're putting off seeing somebody about things. Hope it has nothing to do with these vaccines. God, I hope I hope we didn't screw this up. Yeah. I. Anyway, buddy, we'll talk at you next week. Get some sleep. All right. Uh, SP Futures down six. Nasdaq Futures down seven. We're not up, but we're not down very much either. Be back tomorrow. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.